0: part twelve of a collection of stories reviews and essays by willa siebert cather this librivox recording is in the public domain part twelve the bohemian girl sections five and six on sunday afternoon joe vavrika in his shirt-sleeves and carpet slippers was sitting in his garden smoking a long tasselled porcelain pipe with a hunting scene painted on the bowl Clara sat under the cherry-tree, reading aloud to him from the weekly Bohemian papers. She had worn a white muslin dress under her riding habit, and the leaves of the cherry-tree threw a pattern of sharp shadows over her skirt. The black cat was dozing in the sunlight at her feet, and Joe's dachshund was scratching a hole under the scarlet geraniums and dreaming of badgers. Joe was filling his pipe for the third time since dinner, when he heard a knocking on the fence. He broke into a loud guffaw, and unlatched the little door that led into the street. He did not call Nils by name, but caught him by the hand and dragged him in. Clara stiffened, and the color deepened under her dark skin. Nils, too, felt a little awkward. He had not seen her since the night when she rode away from him, and left him alone on the level road between the fields. Joe dragged him to the wooden bench beside the green table. "'You bring the flute?' he cried, tapping the leather case under Nils's arm. "'Ah, da's a good. Now, we have some little fun like old times. I got something good for you.' Joe shook his finger at Nils, and winked his blue eyes, a bright, clear eye, full of fire, though the tiny blood-vessels on the ball were always a little distended. "'I got something for you from—' he paused, and waved his hands. "'Hungary! You know Hungary. You wait.' He pushed Nils down on the bench and went through the back door of his saloon. Nils looked at Clara, who sat frigidly with her white skirts drawn tight about her. "'He didn't tell you he had asked me to come, did he? He wanted a party and proceeded to arrange it. Isn't he fun? Don't be cross. Let's give him a good time.' Clara smiled and shook out her skirt. "'Isn't that like father? And he has sat here so meekly all day.' Well, I won't pout. I'm glad you came. He doesn't have very many good times now any more. There are so few of his kind left. The second generation are a tame lot. Joe came back with a flask in one hand and three wine-glasses caught by the stems between the fingers of the other. These he placed on the table with an air of ceremony, and going behind Nils, held the flask between him and the sun, squinting into it admiringly you know dis tokay a great friend of mine he bring dis to me a present out of hongary you know how much it cost dis vine just so much twat it weigh in gold nobody but de nobles drink him in Bohemy. many many years i save him up dis tokay joe whipped out his official corkscrew and delicately removed the cork de old man de what bring him to me and dis vine he lay on his belly in my cellar and sleep and now carefully pouring out the heavy yellow wine and now he wake up and maybe he wake us up too he carried one of the glasses to his daughter and presented it with great gallantry clara shook her head but seeing her father's disappointment relented you taste it first i don't want so much joe sampled it with a beatific expression and turned to nils you think him slow dis wine. He very soft, but he got down hot, you see. After a second glass, Niels declared that he couldn't take any more without getting sleepy. Now get your fiddle, Vavrika, he said as he opened his flute-case. But Joe settled back in his wooden rocker and wagged his big carpet-slipper. No, 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 no. No play fiddle now any more. Too much ache and a finger waving them all the time rheumatiz you pray the flute tet tet te tet, tet Bohemian song i've forgotten all the bohemian songs i used to play with you and joanna but here's one that will make clara pout you remember how her eyes used to snap when we called her the bohemian girl nils lifted his flute and began when other lips and other hearts and joe hummed the air in a husky baritone waving his carpet-slipper Oh, das a fine music he cried, clapping his hands as Nils finished now marble halls, marble halls, Clara, you sing him, Clara smiled and leaned back in her chair, beginning softly. I dreamt that I dwelt in marble halls with vassals and serfs at my knee, and Joe hummed like a big bumblebee. There's one more you always played, Clara said quietly. I remember that best she locked her hands over her knee and began the heart bowed down and sang it through without groping for the words she was singing with a good deal of warmth when she came to the end of the old song for memory is the only friend that grief can call its own joe flashed out his red silk handkerchief and blew his nose shaking his head no 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 too sad too sad i not like a dat play quick something gay now Nils put his lips to the instrument, and Joe lay back in his chair, laughing and singing. "'Oh, Evelina, sweet Evelina!' Clara laughed, too. Long ago, when she and Nils went to high school, the model student of their class was a very homely girl in thick spectacles. Her name was Evelina Olison. She had a long swinging walk which somehow suggested the measure of that song, and they used mercifully to sing it to her. That ugly. oh listen girl she teach it in the school joe gasped, and she still walk just like dot yuppa yupa yupa yupp, just like a camel she go now nils you have some more little drink oh yes 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 this time you have to drink and clara she have to so she shows she not jealous so we all drink to your girl you not tell her name eh no 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 i no make you tell she pretty eh huh? she make good sweetheart i bet Joe winked and lifted his glass how soon you get married? Nils screwed up his eyes. That I don't know, when she says. Joe threw out his chest. Das away boys talk, no way for man's. Man say, you come to the church and get a hurry on you. Das away man talks. Maybe Nils hasn't got enough to keep a wife, put in Clara ironically. How about that, Nils? she asked him frankly, as if she wanted to know. Nils looked at her coolly, raising one eyebrow. "'Oh, I can keep her all right. The way she wants to be kept?' "'With my wife, I'll decide that,' replied Nils calmly. "'I'll give her what's good for her.' Clara made a wry face. "'You will give her the strap, I expect, like old Peter Oleson gave his wife.' "'When she needs it,' said Nils lazily, locking his hands behind his head and squinting up through the leaves of the cherry-tree do you remember the time i squeezed the cherries all over your clean dress and aunt joanna boxed my ears for me my gracious weren't you mad you had both hands full of cherries and i squeezed them and made the juice fly all over you i liked to have fun with you you'd get so mad we did have fun didn't we none of the other kids ever had so much fun we knew how to play nils dropped his elbows on the table and looked steadily across at her i've played with lots of girls since but i haven't found one who was such good fun clara laughed the late afternoon sun was shining full in her face and deep in the back of her eyes there shone something fiery like the yellow drops of tokay in the brown glass bottle can you still play or are you only pretending i can play better than i used to and harder don't you ever work then she had not intended to say it it slipped out because she was confused enough to say just the wrong thing i work between times nil's steady gaze still beat upon her don't you worry about my working mrs ericson you're getting like all the rest of them he reached his brown warm hand across the table and dropped it on clara's which was cold as an icicle last call for play mrs ericson clara shivered and suddenly her hands and cheeks grew warm her fingers lingered in his for a moment, and they looked at each other earnestly. Joe Vavrika had put the mouth of the bottle to his lips, and was swallowing the last drops of the toquet, standing. The sun, just about to sink behind his shop, glistened on the bright glass, on his flushed face and curly yellow hair. "'Look,' Clara whispered. "'That's the way I want to grow old.'" Six on the day of olaf ericson's barn-raising his wife for once in a way rose early joanna Vavrika had been baking cakes and frying and boiling and spicing meats for a week beforehand but it was not until the day before the party was to take place that clara showed any interest in it then she was seized with one of her fitful spasms of energy and took the wagon and little eric and spent the day on plum creek gathering vines and swamp goldenrod to decorate the barn by four o'clock in the afternoon buggies and wagons began to arrive at the big unpainted building in front of olaf's house when nils and his mother came at five there were more than fifty people in the barn and a great drove of children on the ground floor stood six long tables set with the crockery of seven flourishing Erickson families lent for the occasion. In the middle of each table was a big yellow pumpkin hollowed out and filled with woodbine. In one corner of the barn, behind a pile of green and white striped watermelons, was a circle of chairs for the old people. The younger guests sat on bushel measures or barbed wire spools, and the children tumbled about in the haymow the box-stalls Clara had converted into booths, the framework was hidden by goldenrod and sheaves of wheat, and the partitions were covered with wild grapevines full of fruit. At one of these Joanna Vavrika watched over her cooked meats, enough to provision an army, and at the next her kitchen-girls had ranged the ice-cream freezers, and Clara was already cutting pies and cakes against the hour of serving at the third stall little hilda in a bright pink lawn-dress dispensed lemonade throughout the afternoon olaf as a public man had thought it inadvisable to serve beer in his barn but joe vavrika had come over with two demijohns concealed in his buggy and after his arrival the wagon-shed was much frequented by the men hasn't cousin clara fixed things lovely little hilda whispered when nils went up to her stall and asked for lemonade nils leaned against the booth talking to the excited little girl and watching the people the barn faced the west and the sun pouring in at the big doors filled the whole interior with a golden light through which filtered fine particles of dust from the haymow where the children were romping there was a great chattering from the stall where joanna vavrika exhibited to the admiring women her platters heaped with fried chicken her roasts of beef boiled tongues and baked hams with cloves stuck in the crisp brown fat and garnished with tansy and parsley the older women having assured themselves that there were twenty kinds of cake not counting cookies and three dozen fat pies repaired to the corner behind the pile of watermelons put on their white aprons and fell to their knitting and fancy work they were a fine company of old women and a dutch painter would have loved to find them there together where the sun made bright patches on the floor and sent long quivering shafts of gold through the dusky shade up among the rafters there were fat rosy old women who looked hot in their best black dresses spare alert old women with brown dark-veined hands and several of almost heroic frame not less massive than old mrs ericson herself few of them wore glasses and old mrs fenson a danish woman who was quite bald wore the only cap among them Mrs. Oleson, who had twelve big grandchildren, could still show two braids of yellow hair as thick as her own wrists. Among all these grandmothers there were more brown heads than white. They all had a pleased, prosperous air, as if they were more than satisfied with themselves and with life. Nils, leaning against Hilda's lemonade stand, watched them as they sat chattering in four languages, their fingers never lagging behind their tongues look at them over there he whispered detaining clara as she passed him aren't they the old guard i've just counted thirty hands i guess they've wrung many a chicken's neck and warmed many a boy's jacket for him in their time in reality, he fell into amazement when he thought of the Herculean labors those fifteen pairs of hands had performed—of the cows they had milked, the butter they had made, the gardens they had planted, the children and grandchildren they had tended, the brooms they had worn out, the mountains of food they had cooked. It made him dizzy. Clara Bavrica smiled a hard, enigmatical smile at him, and walked rapidly away. Nil's eyes followed her white figure as she went toward the house. He watched her walking alone in the sunlight, looked at her slender, defiant shoulders, and her little hard-set head with its coils of blue-black hair. No, he reflected, she'd never be like them, not if she lived here a hundred years. She'd only grow more bitter. You can't tame a wild thing, you can only chain it. People aren't all alike." I mustn't lose my nerve." He gave Hilda's pigtail a parting tweak and set out after Clara. "'Where to?' he asked, as he came upon her in the kitchen. "'I'm going to the cellar for preserves. Let me go with you. I never get a moment alone with you. Why do you keep out of my way?' Clara laughed. "'I don't usually get in anybody's way.' Nils followed her down the stairs and to the far corner of the cellar, where a basement window let in a stream of light. From a swinging shelf, Clara selected several glass jars, each labeled in Joanna's careful hand. Nils took up a brown flask. What's this? It looks good. It is. It's some French brandy father gave me when I was married. Would you like some? Have you a corkscrew? I'll get glasses. When she brought them, Nils took them from her and put them down on the windowsill. Clara Fabrica, do you remember how crazy I used to be about you? Clara shrugged her shoulders. "'Boys are always crazy about somebody or other. I dare say some silly has been crazy about Evelina Oleson. You got over it in a hurry.' "'Because I didn't come back, you mean? I had to get on, you know. And it was hard sledding at first. Then I heard you'd married Olaf.' "'And then you stayed away from a broken heart,' Clara laughed. "'And then I began to think about you more than I had since I first went away.' i began to wonder if you were really as you had seemed to me when i was a boy i thought i'd like to see i've had lots of girls but no one ever pulled me the same way the more i thought about you the more i remembered how it used to be like hearing a wild tune you can't resist calling you out at night it had been a long while since anything had pulled me out of my boots and i wondered whether anything ever could again Niels thrust his hands into his coat-pockets and squared his shoulders, as his mother sometimes squared hers, as Olaf, in a clumsier manner, squared his. So I thought I'd come back and see. Of course, the family have tried to do me, and I rather thought I'd bring out father's will and make a fuss. But they can have their old land. They've put enough sweat into it. He took the flask and filled the two glasses carefully to the brim i've found out what i want from the ericsons drink scold, clara he lifted his glass and clara took hers with downcast eyes look at me clara vavrika skol she raised her burning eyes and answered fiercely skol the barn supper began at six o'clock and lasted for two hilarious hours jenzy nielsen had made a wager that he could eat two whole fried chickens and he did Eli Swanson stowed away two whole custard pies, and Nick Hermanson ate a chocolate layer cake to the last crumb. There was even a cookie contest among the children, and one thin slab-like bohemian boy consumed sixteen and won the prize, a gingerbread pig, which Joanna Vavrika had carefully decorated with red candies and burnt sugar. Fritz Zweihart, the German carpenter, won in the pickle contest, but he disappeared soon after supper and was not seen for the rest of the evening. Joe Valricke said that Fritz could have managed the pickles all right, but he had sampled the demijohn in his buggy too often before sitting down to the table. While the supper was being cleared away, the two fiddlers began to tune up for the dance, clara was to accompany them on her old upright piano which had been brought down from her father's by this time nils had renewed old acquaintances since his interview with clara in the cellar he had been busy telling all the old women how young they looked and all the young ones how pretty they were and assuring the men that they had here the best farmland in the world he had made himself so agreeable that old Mrs. Erickson's friends began to come up to her and tell how lucky she was to get her smart son back again, and please to get him to play his flute. Joe Valrika, who could still play very well when he forgot that he had rheumatism, caught up a fiddle from Johnny Olison and played a crazy bohemian dance tune that set the wheels going. When he dropped the bow, everyone was ready to dance." olaf in a frock-coat and a solemn made-up necktie led the grand march with his mother clara had kept well out of that by sticking to the piano she played the march with a pompous solemnity which greatly amused the prodigal son who went over and stood behind her oh aren't you rubbing it into them clara vavrika and aren't you lucky to have me here or all your wit would be thrown away i'm used to being witty for myself it saves my life the fiddles struck up a polka and Niels convulsed joe vavrika by leading out evelina Olsson, the homely school-teacher his next partner was a very fat swedish girl who although she was an heiress had not been asked for the first dance but had stood against the wall in her tight high-heeled shoes nervously fingering a lace handkerchief she was soon out of breath, so Nils led her, pleased and panting, to her seat, and went over to the piano, from which Clara had been watching his gallantry. "'Ask Olina Jensen,' she whispered. She waltzes beautifully." Olina, too, was rather inconveniently plump, handsome in a smooth, heavy way, with a fine color and good-natured, sleepy eyes. She was redolent of violet sachet powder, and had warm, soft, white hands but she danced divinely, moving as smoothly as the tide coming in. "'There, that's something like,' Nils said, as he released her. "'You'll give me the next waltz, won't you? Now I must go and dance with my little cousin.' Hilda was greatly excited when Nils went up to her stall and held out his arm. Her little eyes sparkled, but she declared that she could not leave her lemonade old mrs ericson who happened along at this moment said she would attend to that and hilda came out as pink as her pink dress the dance was a shodasha and in a moment her yellow braids were fairly standing on end bravo nils cried encouragingly where did you learn to dance so nicely my cousin clara taught me the little girl panted Nils found Eric sitting with a group of boys who were too awkward or too shy to dance, and told him that he must dance the next waltz with Hilda. The boy screwed up his shoulders. Ah, Nils! I can't dance. My feet are too big. I look silly.' "'Don't be thinking about yourself. It doesn't matter how boys look.' Nils had never spoken to him so sharply before, and Eric made haste to scramble out of his corner and brush the straw from his coat clara nodded approvingly good for you nils i've been trying to get hold of him they dance very nicely together i sometimes play for them i'm obliged to you for teaching them there's no reason why he should grow up to be a lout he'll never be that he's more like you than any of them only he hasn't your courage from her slanting eyes clara shot forth one of those keen glances admiring and at the same time challenging which she seldom bestowed on any one and which seemed to say yes i admire you but i am your equal clara was proving a much better host than olaf who once the supper was over seemed to feel no interest in anything but the lanterns he had brought a locomotive headlight from town to light the revels, and he kept skulking about it as if he feared the mere light from it might set his new barn on fire. His wife, on the contrary, was cordial to everyone, was animated, and even gay. The deep salmon colour in her cheeks burned vividly, and her eyes were full of life. She gave the piano over to the fat Swedish heiress pulled her father away from the corner where he sat gossiping with his cronies and made him dance a bohemian dance with her in his youth joe had been a famous dancer and his daughter got him so limbered up that every one sat round and applauded them the old ladies were particularly delighted and made them go through the dance again from their corner where they watched and commented the old women kept time with their feet and hands and whenever the fiddle struck up a new air old mrs svenson's white cap would begin to bob clara was waltzing with little eric when niels came up to them brushed his brother aside and swung her out among the dancers remember how we used to waltz on rollers at the old skating rink in town i suppose people don't do that any more we used to keep it up for hours you know we never did moon around as other boys and girls did it was dead serious with us from the beginning when we were most in love with each other we used to fight you were always pinching people your fingers were like little nippers a regular snapping turtle you were lord how you'd like stockholm sit out in the streets in front of cafes and talk all night in summer just like a reception officers and ladies and funny english people jolliest people in the world the swedes once you get them going Always drinking things. Champagne and stout mixed. Half and half. Serve it out in big pitchers and serve plenty. Slow pulse, you know. They can stand a lot. Once they light up, they're glow-worms, I can tell you. All the same, you don't really like gay people. I don't? No, I could see that when you were looking at the old women there this afternoon. They're the kind you really admire, after all. Women like your mother. "'and that's the kind you'll marry.' "'Is it, Miss Wisdom? "'You'll see who I'll marry, "'and she won't have a domestic virtue to bless herself with. "'She'll be a snapping-turtle, and she'll be a match for me. "'All the same, they're a fine bunch of old dames over there. "'You admire them yourself.' "'No, I don't. I detest them.' "'You won't, when you look back on them from Stockholm or Budapest. "'Freedom settles all that.' Oh but you're the real bohemian girl, Clara Vavrika, Niels laughed down at her sullen frown and began mockingly to sing, "Oh how could a poor gypsy maiden like me expect the proud bride of a baron to be?" Clara clutched his shoulder, "Hush Niels, everyone is looking at you." I don't care. They can't gossip. It's all in the family, as the Ericsons say when they divide up little Hilda's patrimony amongst them. Besides, we'll give them something to talk about when we hit the trail. Lord, it will be a godsend to them. They haven't had anything so interesting to chatter about since the grasshopper year. It'll give them a new lease on life, and Olaf won't lose the Bohemian vote either. They'll have the laugh on him, so they'll vote two apiece." they'll send him to congress they'll never forget his barn party or us they'll always remember us as we're dancing together now we're making a legend where's my waltz boys he called as they whirled past the fiddlers the musicians grinned looked at each other hesitated and began a new air and nils sang with them as the couples fell from a quick waltz to a long slow glide when other lips and other hearts their tale of love shall tell in language whose excess imparts the power they feel so well, the old women applauded vigorously. What a gay one he is that Nils! And old Missus Fenson's cap lurched dreamily from side to side to the flowing measure of the dance. Of days that have as happy been, and you'll remember me. End of Part 12